755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm with Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever, my co-host. He's out in Walla Walla, Washington. He's doing up the town in Walla Walla. What's up, man? What's up, Eric? Nothing. Just, uh, I like this recording time a little better. I'm awake today. Those early ones are tough. It's not still dark out there, huh? No, it's good. Midday. It'll be dark here per- real soon. Well, not real soon. I got time to mow the lawn, actually, with the daylight savings time. Uh, man, uh, things have changed since uh, since we had this. Only two games, but a lot of development since the last time we talked. Some mostly good. Uh, the gut, the biggest obviously was the, our gut feelings were right. We both, neither one of us thought that Acuna was probably very serious or he wouldn't have stayed in the game and slid and all that. And, uh, it wasn't, it was, uh, the, he did an MRI Monday in New York and all it was, was a mild abdominal strain, which was best the news the Braves could possibly have heard because, you know, as we talked about, you don't even want to think about this offense without him right now. So, uh, he missed the two games in New York against the Yankees. Got four days of rest with the off day on either side of that series, and he should be good to go Friday for the series opener against the D-backs. They said he's good? Yeah, he's feeling much better and hit off a tee, and uh, they didn't want to risk it even pinch hitting Wednesday night. with the, it, was, it was cold in New York Wednesday night, or chilly at least. And uh, they just did, you know, with another off day Thursday, they thought, yeah. let's give him the four full days. You could give him four days with only missing two games, exactly. you know, why not? yeah. That's so. That's pretty good. They got really lucky with the scheduling too. Yeah, only, only missed two games and against the Yankees, and they won one of them. So, you know, all things considered, with all the doom and gloom that's around, they went three and two on this trip. They won a series against the Cubs, split with the Yankees, and they're a game and a half out of first place. Nobody you know? in the division's winning. You'd never know it in this town, man. On social media, social media, and I understand because with all the injuries and some bad losses, you know. It, it's not just your record, as you know. It's how it's you got to that It's the way you're playing, record. how you're losing games. Right. And, but right. I think that's almost encouraging in a sense that exactly. when you watch them, you feel like they're playing like shit, you know, for them, for their team, you know. And to only be a couple games out or 8 and 10, whatever they are, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it could be a lot worse than it is because there's, there's been a few more games they could have lost too. Yeah. But and you, you don't remember those. You remember the ones they could have won. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's been legitimately like four that the bullpen blew or they didn't take advantage of so many scoring opportunities. They could have easily won four others. But, yeah, you forget about the couple they could have lost too. So uh, that the other side saying, you know, you stole that one like the Phillies did with one of those games. So. Yeah. But bottom line, the entire division is separated by a game and a half as of this recording Thursday night. Game and a half from top to bottom. Well, I think it's going to be like that all year, too. One, because they're all going to beat up on each other. But, you know, two, because it, it's just there's so much good pitching in the division. You know, I think everybody's going to be putting up yeah. a fight. And I don't I don't really see a team in this division that anybody's just going to beat up on or cruise yeah. through. You know, even the you know, I, I joke about the Marlins a lot, but I've been watching their pitchers, man. They got some good starters. So I, I think every team's coming in to fight. The Mets have. uh they have the only winning record in the division. They're seven and six. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, they're in first place with however many less games played. Yeah, uh, they're a half game ahead of the Phillies, who are nine and nine. Then the Marlins are nine, eight and nine. The Braves are eight and ten. Nationals seven and nine. Everybody's like basically has the same record, you know? Yeah. Uh, so now it's going to get interesting. And the Braves, there was some good and bad on the injury front. 
they have Drew Smiley. He's going to come off Saturday, so he is only missing one start. And, you know, I think we both were kind of concerned. We've both been around the game long enough to know, and you were a pitcher, obviously, that when you hear forearm, you hear, oh, shit, you know, because it can be a lot more serious than that. That can be the symptoms of something a lot more serious. But he's yeah, going to be back. I mean, he's a big breaking ball guy, too. So, you know, early in the season, you, spark, you start spinning those off. Uh-huh. You know, full intensity, first few games, it's easy to have just little muscle flare-ups and, and stuff going on in there. But yeah, anytime now, I, I think just because they're so eager to do Tommy John's on guys and operate and get it fixed, you know, you feel like a guy gets an MRI, it's almost always going to show a tear. So uh-huh. anytime a forearm pops up, it kind of scares you. But I'm glad to see him coming back this quick. So he's starting Saturday against the D-backs in the middle game of that series. The On the other hand, there's no timetable yet for Soroka. The two, he had a two-week shutdown, as you know, from the shoulder. And this is at – we're right at two weeks now. So I, I think the only concern would be if he doesn't start throwing because it was a two-week shutdown. Snit thought he'd be starting soon on the road. Snit hadn't heard yet if he was going to start like on the off day or this weekend or whatever. So we'll find out tomorrow where, where that's at. But, um, you know – like Snit said, he wasn't being cold. He's just being realistic. He said that, you know, he's so far away that it's not relevant right now. He just meant he's so far from being in the rotation, there's no sense updating him every day uh, when we asked about him. He didn't mean, you know, he's not going to be here all year. He just meant that, uh, you know, there's really no reason to th- think about it until, one, he starts throwing again. Then he starts throwing, you know, uh, long distance and then gets back on the mound. He's got to go through all the steps again. So, you know, um, I, I realistically, if everything goes well from here and no more setbacks, they haven't given a timetable, but I can't see him getting here before late May, early June. Yeah, I was going to say June 1. Because, yeah. You know, the longer you go without throwing, when it's like when it's a knee or an ankle or some, you know, stiff back or something right. like that, it's one thing. But when you're not throwing at all, because even if, if your knee's bothering you, you got a minor injury, you're still throwing and keeping it in shape. The more time he goes without throwing, the longer it's going to be before he comes back. So. Like I've said before, I think it's kind of a good thing because rushing that Achilles, even though they said he's 100%, he feels good. It, it makes me uncomfortable because it's such a serious injury. But, um, you know, I, at this point, you know, he's going to have to get back to at least a week of throwing and long tossing before right. he jumps off the mound again. And it is good news he was he was built up as far as he was. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's still not throwing for a while sets you back a little bit. And, you know, for the – more importantly, right now for the team right now is Chris Martin, and he started playing catch early this week. You know, he didn't go, he didn't throw it all for like a week and a half. He started playing catch early this week. I'm not sure he wasn't off the mound yet, as far as uh, as late as yesterday when we asked Snit off day. I don't know if he is that or yet on off the mound yet or not. But I would look for him possibly that, but towards the back end of this homestand. But that's not a given. They didn't say anything about when he might be back or anything. So. Um, you know, that's a big concern because they, you know, I wrote today about how, about how the Braves kind of gambled when they didn't bring back any of those guys, Melanson and, uh, yeah. Day and Shane Green, they kind of gambled that the starting rotation was going to go a lot deeper in games and you weren't going to have any problems with the guys you did bring back in the bullpen. And so far, neither of those things have happened. The starters have not gone deep for the most part. And, now Chris Martin's out and Nukes on the IL for COVID. They didn't announce that because he didn't get permission, but I was had it confirmed. It is the COVID uh, either you know uh, possible exposure to it 
or a positive test. I don't know which, but so there's no update. Like Nuke could be back tomorrow, you know, or yeah. not for weeks. A month. We, How we long just was Will Smith out last year? Exactly. We just don't you know because they can't even give us updates because he didn't give permission, I guess, to talk about it. So they're missing both those guys because obviously Chris Martin might be their best reliever overall. And Nuke had moved his way up into that, maybe make it a fifth guy. They had the four, the core four, if you will. Nuke was kind of moving into that category with the he high level. making leverage. a push. Yeah, with all the strikeouts he was getting. Yeah. As a guy that could potentially be used in some of these situations that they've had to lean so heavily on mentor in. So missing both, maybe two of your top five or six guys is uh, not good when your bullpen is not as deep as it was last year. Well, and that's kind of the luxury they had last year is if anybody seemed to start mm-hmm. stumbling, you know, they had another two, three guys they could throw into the eighth inning, ninth inning, you know, pick up roles. If you would have had somebody get hurt, you had two guys in line behind them that could close or, or fill their role. So, I mean, I definitely agree with you. You know, the, the depth hasn't been the same. If these guys were pitching like they did at the end of the year last year, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But there's definitely been a few games that – you feel like they should have won and and the bullpen stumbled a little bit. And, yeah. and that kind of just seems to be the story with this team so far is they haven't had really a stretch where everybody's clicking at the same time. Where they put it all together, all the components. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and then, you know, they made it, made a note of the last several years after having some reliever injuries, as you're familiar with, they had a kind of a string of those and the Braves at a certain point made snit and, uh, um, was it Roger? Was Roger McDowell here in Snit's first year? Snit's first year. Was that yeah, it? Roger was here. Yeah, they made up. They made of a, a a point of we're not gonna we're gonna make sure these guys get rest. We're gonna do everything we can to avoid reliever injuries and all that. And they've been really good about not having guys among the league leaders in appearances or innings that kind of thing. They've made sure guys have gotten rest. Rarely have they gone even three days straight with guys. Never four days straight. And, uh, but this year I've noticed a little bit of a difference in that mentor. He's got 10 appearances in the first 18 games. He's only one off the league, off the major league lead. And Will Smith's got nine appearances, you know, guy that didn't pitch the whole season last year, kind of started late with the COVID. Uh, so they're having to lean on these guys and they don't have a choice really. You can't, yeah, you know, you don't, have a choice. you don't have a choice when you've got only, you know, three or four guys that you really trust in high leverage situations. You got to use them. You got to win games, you know. Yep. I mean, you're, you're hoping that you know, the offense starts blowing a few teams out, right? And then you can use your your B squad and, and kind of give those guys some days off. But you know, that was what was so tough when when I was in Atlanta was you know a couple of those seasons, every single game felt like a one run game. Yeah. So you know, people wanted to ride Freddie hard or or Bobby, you know, for for using guys, but they're also going to get crushed if they bring in a dude that. Yeah. You shouldn't be in there and he blows the game and you got, you know, your two best relievers down there and you're giving them a day off because they've thrown a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one of, that's probably the hardest job as a manager is not just who to put in, but how yeah. often to use them. And those have been the last couple of years, too, that the same thing. All the games so many seem close like one games. or two run games. Yeah. And, and with the offense always coming back last year, you know, I mean, they're doing it this year. They haven't had that magic this year, but not at all. You had to treat last year. You had to treat a two run lead as a tie game because yeah. you knew they were going to score late. And they'll get back to that. So I mean, yeah. they're gonna need they're gonna need uh, Luke Jackson's look pretty good to me. You know, they're gonna need guys to start, um, yeah, really giving them confidence that they don't have to ride those two guys at the end of the game so hard. Yeah, like last night they bring in Mentor with the bases loaded after Ian Anderson. We'll get to him in a minute. Pitched his ass off and left yep. with two two outs in the seventh inning. They bring in 
mentor with bases loaded. That's yep. pretty impressive. He gets out of that, uh, and then he gets that, and then he can bring them back for the eighth inning rather than use another guy. So they were able to rest some guys, and but the, yeah. But, but what Anderson did really saved the pen last night, and then Mentor going an inning and a third. Then you could just hand it over to Will Smith. And he had a uh, day off today, so you could do that with Mentor right. without you know worrying about today's game. But Mentor was really something last night. He's had a couple of rough outings lately, but that was a great appearance last night. Nate Jones has not been what they thought in spring training. He was terrific, but hey, you know, you, you we know you can't put too much stock in spring training. And he won the job in spring training, but he just hasn't been the same guy. I know his ERA is still in the low twos, but he's given us some inherited runs and you know put a lot of guys on base, and it just hasn't been the same pitcher that that you know. It's always ja- a clean inning in spring training. Right. You know, and Jacob I mean, you always Webb, get your own inning. There has been no clean innings this time. And Jacob Webb is not the same guy yet from pre-sur- that he was pre-surgery. So that's two guys, especially Jacob Webb, that they had hoped, you know, they could put in high leverage situations. So, um, you know, there's still a work in progress, the bullpen. They're, they got a 1.46 bullpen whip, walks plus hits per any pitch. And it's the fifth highest in the majors. It's better than only the Rangers, Mets, Rockies, and Tigers. So walks are a big part of that problem. The bullpen rate walk rate is 5.32 per nine innings. That's fourth highest in the majors. And as one of my readers noted to me, their fly ball rate is the highest in the majors. And that's yeah. not a good combo. A lot of walks and a lot of hot fly balls. Not in today's game. Right. <laughs> you know, with the ball flying the way it does. Small ballparks like Yankee Stadium. In general, you know, you, you want your relievers coming in attacking. And it, it it does it does matter, you know, like the and sometimes it's a good situation for a guy like Minner to come in last night with the bases loaded. He can't afford to walk somebody, mm-hmm. you know, so he's, he's got to come after him and that gets you locked in for the next inning. But I mean, for me, for whatever reason, you know, a single versus a walk, it's like it feels like twice as often the walk scores over the single. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I don't know what the stat is, but. You start giving away free passes, and it just back it just comes back to bite you. And you know, I just I like pitching the contact. You know, if you're going to lose, mm-hmm. go down throwing strikes, make them hit it. All these guys throw 95 plus. You know, you just have to have in your head how hard it is to hit a 95, 96 mile an hour fastball, and be willing to go down in flames. Yeah, Metro came in went after what Lemayhew. I mean, it was it was it was an impressive uh, outing and. They're also in the bottom half of the majors in opponents' batting average. The bullpen is two thirty-two yeah. average allowed. So, uh, fortunately, some of the hits and the walks have been offset by the damage Strikeouts limiter. And, Strikeouts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's think, the game. That's all around the league. You know? Yeah, yeah. Walks up, strikeouts up. Uh, but Atlanta relievers have the sixth best strikeout rate in the majors at ten point six per nine. So that has worked. They they, yeah. they were counting on having a lot of strikeouts in that bullpen, and they're getting those. From Will Smith, from Minter, Matzik, those guys can all strike out a lot of guys. So if they had, if they hadn't, then it it'd would be, be a lot of trouble with all, <laughs> the, without the damn, with all the traffic they've had on yeah you know, on the bases. But a lot walks are killing a lot of these guys, or at least raising raising the blood pressure if they don't lead directly to runs. Nate Jones and Luke Jackson each has six walks and six strikeouts. Luke's always kind of walking that tightrope though. Um, with that with that slider that he bounces yeah. he's Will's, a guy that for me needs his own inning like yeah. if you give luke his own inning he'll put two guys on he'll strike a couple yep. guys out and get a pop up but sometimes you bring him into a jam he doesn't have that luxury of you know messing yeah. around for the first hitter or two that's something that i could see him improving on but yeah i mean 
You don't, well, you know, you get brought into those those big situations, and it's yeah. easy to mess it up if you're not lights out right away. And he, and and of their big three, none of them are just avoiding walks. Will Smith has mm-hmm. six walks in eight innings. Mentor has six walks in nine and a third, and Matzik has five walks in seven and a third. None of those are none of those are good numbers for walks. No, and the only good side of it is they all have the ability to strike guys out. Right. So it's not. I mean, it's it's not fun to watch. You know, it's it's high stress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially if you come in and walk two guys right off the bat. You know, yeah. and it, it makes it hard for the manager because he doesn't know if you're going to walk the next guy or not. But yeah. Or you come in with the bases loaded and you walk a guy. Ugh, that's that's hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Offensive woes. Talk about both side, two sides of a coin here. We got fully half of the teams in baseball, 15 teams, are hitting below 230 this year. I mean, that's brutal. The Braves are, are 18th in the in baseball with a 228 average before Thursday. Uh, far more important, I think we all agree, most of us agree, is at least than batting average are OBP and OPS. I mean, you know, but average still, you want a good average. But OB, if you're getting on base, yeah. You're driving it, you're slugging. That's that's more important than average to me. But the Braves are doing better, significantly better in those latter two categories. Not great, but a lot better. They're tied for ninth with a 3.23 team OBP, and they're fifth, believe it or not, with a 7.39 OPS. So, and that's due largely to being tied for second in the majors in home runs. So they're yeah. still hitting the home runs, 26 of them, seven of those by Cunha who still leads the majors individually, at least he does going into Thursday night games. Uh, just He's just ahead of 10 others who have six apiece and a dozen with five, including Freddie Freeman. So Freddie, meanwhile, he's having an odd season for Freddie. I'm sure it'll all even out like it always does with him, but he's only hitting 222. Yet he's got twice as many walks as strikeouts. He's got 16 walks, eight strikeouts. So his OBP is like normal, 388. And he's got five homers and and two doubles. So he's slugging 492. Again, pretty pretty normal for him. So he's got an 880 OPS, which is perfectly fine. I mean, he's you want to see him around 900, he's perfectly fine. But considering he's hitting 222, you just wouldn't think that. Once Ozuna gets going, yeah. Um, Freddie's going to get a lot more to hit. But yeah, 16 walks, in, eight strikeouts for Freddie. So he's got an 880 OPS, which is yeah. normal He's just not him. getting anything to hit. Yeah, And, and that's the thing is before – before it's harder because the Braves have two guys you're not going to let beat you. You know you're not you don't want Acuna to beat you, and you don't want Freddie to beat you. Right. But Acuna's out now, so you know your pitchers meeting before the series. You're going to say we're not letting Freddie beat us, and right. so you're just going to see if he wants to walk or not. He's not a burner on the base paths, so you you're just going to say you know be around the zone to him. Don't make any mistakes. If you walk him, you walk him, and then you're you're putting it on Zuna's court to to do the damage. And which, since which he hasn't gotten going. Year. Yeah, and that was the difference. That's why Freddie won MVP because you had to pitch to him last year. You know, you had to pick your poison. So with him, with him not hitting the way he normally does, I mean, if I come in and face Freddie, or if I'm in a jam and I'm a righty, I'm just gonna spin him breaking balls down down below the zone, try yeah. to jam him inside. If he takes his walk, he takes his walk, and then you're setting up a double play for Ozuna. You know, if if he's cold, if he's hot, you don't yeah. want to put somebody else on base for him. So it, I think once. Because yeah. Freddie's putting up his numbers as far as OPS goes. Once Ozuna gets hot, then they'll have to start pitching to him. But they're not going to until he does. And early on, Freddie did hit a lot of balls right at people, too. So Yeah, because I didn't know Ozuna was cold yet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, 
into the shift and everywhere. I mean, he was hitting yeah. line drives at everybody. So uh, if you look at his like his BABIP and those expected runs, everything's high, much higher than you know. It would it would suggest he's been one of the most unlucky hitters in the league if you look at those numbers. So well, if he's hitting two twenty two, there's some bad luck too. Line drive rate and all that. He squares um, the ball up more than anybody. But despite all this lurching kind of erratic offense we've seen, and I mean, and I know it's tough some nights in and after inning where they're leaving runners on base and all this, they they still are ninth in the majors in runs scored, and they're tied for second in homers with 26 in 18 games. So, you know, a lot of that's Acuna carrying the offense, obviously. But still, they're getting some hits. They're just not getting guys going at once. Like last year, there yep. were times where they had six guys going at once last year. Six, seven guys. Or in guys. the same inning. Yes. You know, it was, it was a, yes. even if they if they got to the fifth and they hadn't scored yet, they'd have that one inning where everybody piled on, they put up a crooked number. You know, it's kind of been, it's just been sporadic this year. It hasn't seemed like there's been more than two guys going for a stretch of three games this year. Yeah. Acuna stayed hot and then somebody else gets hot for a game or two, you know, but nobody else has gotten really hot at all. Any sustained length. Nobody. So. No. The bench guys are the guys that have been hot, you know, in their limited opportunities. Adrianza, you know, he started some games here, and he's he's been yeah. hot. Yeah. Um. So you want to guess who the worst scoring teams in the NL are? Mets and the Phillies. Now they haven't played as many games, but still, per game, lowest. Hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that. Nope. Maybe the Mets because they they haven't been raking, but. Phillies seem like they've been winning a lot of games with the offense. Or Mets and the Nationals, rather. Phillies are, oh, okay. Phillies okay. are fourth lowest, though. I know. Okay. Phillies are fourth fewest. And, and Nationals, Bryce, I know, haven't been hitting. I've been watching Soto. He hasn't been putting up his normal, normal right. IBs either. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't. He has not. He has not done a lot. And didn't he have? Didn't he just go on the DL? I think he's on the IL. Not certain. Could check. Check that real quick. I think Soto might have just gone on the 10-day. While I wait for you. Yep. Yep. So, Cunha's going to run away with the MVP, man, with Tatis missing time and questionable for the shoulder the rest of the way. He doesn't look the same. Betts. Betts had a little nagging thing. He was out a couple of games. I don't know if he went on the aisle or not. I just saw Betts make that catch to end the game against the Padres. He's a player, man. Oh, he's terrific. Betts and Acuna, best all-around players in the league. Yeah. Let's see. Betts, I Trout doesn't get brought up because he's a given. <laughs> um, so you got to have uh, – Atlanta has 86 runs in 18 games. A year ago, the Braves were second in the majors in runs and homers behind the Dodgers in both. And they were only one run behind the Dodgers for 60 games. So you expect them to be there. I mean – you don't just remove the DH and and take uh, Adam Duvall out of the lineup, and all of a sudden you're not a prolific scoring team. So uh, they would be right back. And here's the thing: they would be right back near at the at at the top or near the top if they had taken advantage of scoring opportunities this year the way they did last year. And by that, a lot of that is what I'm talking about: is hitting with runners in scoring position. This one, of all the stats so far, the things you know will get turned around or whatever, this one's the one that I'm just going, wow. I mean, because, you know, we're almost 20 games in now. They went 0 for 8 last night with runners in scoring position, still won the game 4 to 1. 
because they had a sack fly. They had a home run. They had a uh, Ozuna grounded out with the bases loaded. Handy had, uh, uh, let's see, there was two sack flies. Adrian's had a sack fly. Anyway, they didn't have a single hit with the runner in scoring position. So they are now hitting 205 with runners in scoring position. 205, dude. That's yeah. sixth lowest in the majors. 686 OPS in those situations, which is 19th in the majors. I mean, I put money on that not keeping up. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's one of those things that happens throughout the season. And again, it's it's so early that this is your only sample to look at. But yeah. There'll be stints where they're hitting 400 with runners in scoring position for a week or two, you know, it, as well. And the thing is, it's the bench guys that are doing the most damage. Acuna is the yeah. only guy that's even doing anything. And he doesn't get much many uh, risk opportunities, you know, hitting leadoff and with a pitcher at ninth. Uh, but again, like you said, I, it'd be a lot more alarming if it was two or three weeks into the, uh, two or June, three months you know, into the season instead of and that's happening, yeah. three weeks. But a year ago, Braves were ninth in the MLB. 270 average with runner score position had the fourth best OPS in those situations, 283. So just by comparison, I mean, that's a lot of runs right there. So, but get this among qualified big league hitters, that's guys with at least 3.1 plate appearances per team game. Only brave in the top 75 in hitting with runners in scoring position. Zacuna who's tied for 48th with a 333 average. He's three for nine. Doesn't get many chances because he's, he's hitting after the pitcher. Yeah. yeah. So he's got like one half to one third the chances of most guys in the lineup. Um, the only other brave hitting as high as 275 with runners in scoring position are three bench guys and Max Freed, who's had who's one for one in those chances. <laughs> Pablo Sandoval, Ahira, or Aira Adrianza. And Guillermo Heredia, he of the two homers, six RBIs Sunday against the Cubs. Heredia, best game of his career. They're the only players besides Acuna hitting as high as 275 with runners in scoring position. And they've only had limited chances, obviously. Sandoval's two for four. Both of those hits were two-run pinch hit homers. Adrianza is two for four with a double and a pinch hit homer. Heredia is two for five with a grand slam Sunday. What's Freddie hitting? Get to, let me get down to him. So, so those guys are combined six for 13 with four homer, homers with runners in scoring position, right? Take those three backups out. The rest of the Braves, 21 for 119 with mm. two homers with runners in scoring position. That's a 176 average. And it would be easily worse than the majors, but you obviously don't take out the best guys. And, you know, but still, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that just, that that tells me they're due to, for like you said, go f- to hit 400 for about a month yeah. in those situations. But, and they're a game and a half back. You yeah. Know, do, when you have stats like that, that that really stand out and you're still a game and a half back, I take that as a good sign. So among qualified Braves, guys with 3.1 plate appearances, second on the team in uh, with RISP average is Marcelo Zuna. He's 75th in majors at 273. He's six for 22 in those spots, but he has eight strikeouts. Eight strikeouts, three walks. Travis Darno is hitting 190. You know you expect a lot more from him. Last year, he was great in those situations. He's four for 21 with eight strikeouts and no walks. Freddie and Dansby, each are hitting 188 with runners in scoring position. They're three for 16, each of them. But Freddie's got six walks and a 409 OBP in those situations. Dansby doesn't have walks. 
Dansby has one walk, five strikeouts, and a 578 OPS with runners in scoring position. Dansby's off to a pretty bad start. He's always like that, though. He's always streaky. Yeah, you know, but he I mean, usually he starts gets, fast. But you're, he is streaky, but he usually starts always, fast and cools off. So Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he... You know, he he puts together streaks, you know, kind of kind of like Justin Upton used to do where he'd be ice cold and then he'd just rake for a month straight. You know, I mean, I don't put that's a hard thing about. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's it's, you know, I I feel like Dansby, he makes some adjustment and then just takes off for a solid month. Dansby gets neither as cold nor as hot as Upton. Yeah, yeah. That's extreme. I've always said Justin Upton is the streakiest good player I've ever covered. Yeah, I mean, of good players, it was absurd how bad he would look for two weeks, and then and be then the just be best hitter on. in baseball for the next <laughs> yeah. two weeks. Yeah, and that's that's baseball though. When you got one sixty two, you know it all levels yeah. out. That swing of his is so unique too. Justin Upton's. It's the most explosive man. The first time I saw him hitting the cage, I thought he was a god. <laughs> this dude has so much. Ex- just electricity in his swing. Were you still around when he hit the one into the players' parking lot at uh, at Disney at Wild World of Sports? Uh, opposite field. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, over everything. Over the left trees. Field. Over those metal yeah. banners. Over the trees into into the players' parking lot. Man. <laughs> yeah, he had some pop. Uh, a couple more guys. Austin Riley, zero for five. Run versus scoring position. He didn't get many chances. Uh. That homer last night, by the way, it might have been a cheapie. It was. Statcast said it wouldn't have gone out in any of the ballpark, but still, that's homer. what he needed. I think that could it's, help him a lot. It's the thing is, is it doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, it went out, so he's yeah. got a homer. So he goes into the next. He goes in the next series riding off a homer, whether yeah. it's two forty-five in Fenway, yeah, whatever it is. You know, I mean, you just you need those good things. It's better than him hitting a ball four hundred five, one hundred ten miles an hour in the gap, caught. and a dude lays out and catches it. You know, I mean, Absolutely. you gotta you gotta feel good about that as a player, and you're gonna have plenty of times where you do get screwed over and have those four good at bats and nothing to show for it. So if you get a cheap homer, you take it. I thought the most impressive thing that I was, that Austin Riley did last night though was getting smashed in the face by that bounced ball directly <laughs> yeah. in the chin, and it bounced off his face like it hit a concrete wall. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even move. He didn't flinch. <laughs> he didn't have so much as a seam mark on his chin. No blood, no nothing. And that ball hit him, boom, boom, and caromed off like it hit a brick wall. <laughs> that dude's got an iron chin, man. Yeah, he does. I mean, that hurt just watching that. Because it bounced, but it still had to have good velo because he threw that ball hard. <laughs> I love guys like that, though. You know, I hate when a guy rolls around on the ground yeah. after something minor. You there know, are I, some I love, guys that would have, too. That, that would have been down. out of the game. Or Milked even if it's it. just like a four-minute delay of checking on them and they're okay. I love the yeah. guys that just wear it and keep going. They're, they're those guys that want that want everybody watching it at home to be going, oh, yeah. God, is he all right? Oh, no. Oh, this reminds you know. Yeah. And then he gets up. Oh, yeah. Riley yeah. just stood up like, yeah, whatever. Let's go. Trainer came out. Riley's like, no. They didn't even feel it. I love it. I mean, he didn't even have a mark, man. Uh, Ozzy Albies, one for 13 with runners in scoring position, though at least he has no strikeouts, three walks. He's putting the ball in play. Uh, Puny, 376 OPS in his opportunities. Uh, both him and Riley in the bottom 25 as far as OPS runners in scoring position. Okay, so there's the risk numbers. And like we said, two weeks from now, that might be all irrelevant because they'll just go on a scorching yeah. tear. Uh, let me get rid of this. Nobody even care in two weeks. 
beyond uh, the next thing. Speaking of Adrianza, this guy could do some things, man. They haven't that some things the Braves haven't really done much of in recent years, like lay down a bunt mm-hmm. and get a sack fly. So I just stumbled on this stat today, which is pretty amazing. The Braves lead the majors with eight sacrifice flies in 18 games this year. They were dead last in the majors in sack flies last year with seven in 60 games. That's quite a new wrinkle. Yeah. And, and he leads the majors with three sacrifice flies himself. Adrianza does. I keep wondering, you know, if if, if the pendulum's going to swing back the other way and, and teams are going to start, you know, trying to fill out rosters of guys that battle like that, could put the ball in play. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many times do you see your situation is second, third, one out or something, and teams get out of it now? Yeah. They get a punch oh, yeah. out or dude oh, yeah. tries to come up and be aggressive and pops up. You know, I mean, it just seems to me like there's there's a need there of guys like Martin Prado that just come up and battle. The game has so changed in that regard because used to, that was a given they were going to score there. The other team usually give you, gives you a run there. Yep. And they don't do it so much anymore because they know so many guys will strike out. Or they'll try to give you a run. You know, they'll play infield back. Yeah. And do the punch out. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. It's it, look. It's it's a lot harder to put the ball in play now than it was ten years ago. Because right. and, and that's part of why you see those walks out of the bullpen because teams are realizing that you can get out of those situations mainly with a strikeout. You yeah. know, that's that's really the only way out of second and third, one out, something like that. Is you get lucky with a pop up that's not deep enough, or you punch somebody out, and teams are just throwing guys in there that'll walk a guy, punch a guy out, and get a pop up. But you know, I just keep thinking if teams started filling out rosters with one or two of those guys on there that they can pinch yeah. it with or bring up in those situations that you know you're getting the ball put in play. You know, it could be a benefit. Well, the Braves have got two of them this year, and they haven't yeah. had them like that since Prado and Hinsky and those kind of guys, but yeah. Prado especially. But with Adrianza and Pablo Sandoval, they got yep. two of them. They're coming up. They're not punching out. No, Adrianza, man, he has really impressed me. And I had heard good things about him from some people that covered him with twins, and, and uh, he's he has been everything they said and more. And a great dude, too. Everybody loves the guy. Like Sandoval, obviously. Um, but, yeah, when you get a guy up there that can hit a sack fly, I mean, there's just so few guys that seem to be able to do that. You know, you get up there, you got guys at second and third with none or one out. And, I I mean, there's been a lot of times in recent years when the Braves have not scored a run in those situations. You're like, yeah. all you need is a sack fly. Well, Adrianz will do it. He'll just. Yeah. And so that's what makes Freddie so great, too. You know. Yeah. Almost every time Freddie comes up in those situations, you know, you can just book at least one guy scoring because he's right. not going to punch out. Um, and then, you know, obviously if you make a mistake, he can take you deep. But that's that's what makes him so great is he's willing to to have that type of a bat and battle and slap the ball and do what he has to do. Didn't Some it, guys aren't. When you when you first came up, didn't it feel didn't it seem like the best guys, the best all around players, could do those kind of things? Though they were they were going to get that guy in or get the guy over. They weren't just going to swing for the for the downs. I mean, no, gonna... it, it's a lot of younger players you see now. You know, they, they come up when, and they want to be the hero. Yeah. But you'd face a guy like, you know, Joey Votto or somebody like mm-hmm. that. And it, Joey would choke up like five inches yep. on the bat. Yeah. You know, you'd see it in the box and, and you'd, then you'd know you were in for a battle because he wasn't trying to hit a homer. Yeah. And there was nowhere to go because he's a guy that talented just trying to make contact. But I don't know. I mean, you know, it's kind of the, the way the game is now is you don't get rewarded for being – you might not even have a roster spot if you're a guy that hits 275 with seven homers. Yeah. You know, the guy that hits 
245 with 20 is going to have that roster spot and get paid. You know, I, I think that the, the pay system kind of dictates that too. You see it with the shift, you know, guys, they want to put up numbers. They say, I don't get, you know, I'm not going to bun. I'm not going to slap the single because you don't put up numbers trying to do that. And, you know, the business side of the game, I think, affects that in a sense. You don't get paid for getting them over and getting them in? You don't even get a job. I, I'm pretty sure if you're doing that in AAA, you don't even get called up. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah. Somebody I just somebody hit a home run the other day, had two strikes, choked up. It was either Vado or Sandoval. It might have been Pablo. That might have been a home run he hit. Was choked up, and it was about this much on the bat. Two inches, inch and a half, yeah. two inches on the bat. Pulled a home run. Choked up like that. So... The ball flies, <laughs> you know, I mean, with these balls, you don't have to swing hard. Um, so Adrianza and her, that's the other thing about this road trip that you can't, you can't just dismiss is they want a road trip with Acuna out of the lineup for the last two games with Ozzy yep. Albies out of the lineup for two games um, with a couple of pitchers out couple of relievers out and starters. I mean, they they did some good work, man, considering. Uh, Adrianza and Heredia were both in the lineup for, for both games in New York. Heredia in place of the injured center fielders, both of them, Christian Pache and, and Ender and Ciarte. And Adrianza was in right field for Acuna, missed the two Yankee games. And Adrianza also started the last two weekend games in Chicago at second base in place of Albies, who had the bruised calf after getting hit by pitch. So, Adrianza, I mean, literally, you can move him all over the diamond, and he can, and he's not going to hurt you. I mean, he can play solid D. So, Snit said it's great. He comes in and he feels in right field, feels in at second base. Said he's done a wonderful job all year. He got some big hits. He's a very athletic guy, and you need that guy generally in our, especially in our situation, that can play all over the field, and he's that guy. And that's the Prado, you know, that was so good in that role. Yeah, and and, and, and it's uh, not easy to do. And Infante. Charlie did a good job of that the last few years too, you know, just filling yeah, in. Yeah, Culberson and, and had that one year, really good year. Having good at bats in those situations, you know, I mean, without without Andrianza, you, you might be in trouble this year, but he's Ooh. filled it really well. And Sandoval. Yeah. <laughs> those two big pinch hit, two run homers. Well, yeah, we're singing a different tune without those two off the bench. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. So getting back to how it's kind of backfired, I think, in my opinion, and I know it can change, but so far it's backfired. The Braves making that decision, whether it's because of the budget, they were unwilling to pay those guys uh, to bring back at least one or two of them, those three, but it's backfired so far because you've had the pitching, the, the relievers who've been hurt and or just haven't pitched as well as you expected. And the starters who've not been going as deep as you expected. So, that's why Ian Anderson's start Wednesday mm. night was especially uh, – it was perfect. It was like a salve for right now for what the Braves needed. But that's what they expected from him, Freed, uh, not Charlie to a lesser degree at his age at 37, but Ian going six and two-thirds. He was the first Braves starter this year to pitch into the seventh inning, man. That's hard to believe. I know. <laughs> That'd been a, that would have been an easy bet to take early on, but – I would have I would have thought Freed would be doing it almost on a regular basis, and Ian as well. Ian, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I, his first few starts, I didn't think he looked like himself, but yesterday he looked like the guy yeah, we used to seeing. Exactly, you know I mean? and that was really encouraging because 
he was throwing all three pitches, getting bad swings on the changeup, locating his fastball finally. You know, curveball looked pretty good. He was getting bad swings too. Mm-hmm. You know, the swing he got from Hicks on his changeup, I and mean, he threw all three pitches to Hicks, fastball, curveball, changeup, and it was just like, just blew him away. But when you see him start getting those really bad swings, that means his stuff's overwhelming him to a point where they got to look for something. Yeah. You know, those first, those first couple starts, I felt like the hitters were able to just battle and eliminate a pitch, but the way he looked yesterday, man, and, and the Yankees aren't, I mean, that's a tough lineup and it's a tough place to pitch. Yeah. So that was pretty encouraging. You know, and, and I, and I made note of last on the last podcast, how he told us, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't worried because he's always a slow starter. And I thought I was just bullshitting, but yeah. then you look back and he has been And yeah. a year ago. People forget he started out the season at the alternate site. He didn't win a job in the opening day rotation. So he came in at his peak and he made several starts at the alternate site before he really got on a roll there. And it was only after he'd made three great starts because he'd started you know, up. that, that, uh, you know, they told Alex, you need to come watch this kid's next few starts. And, he, and Alex watched the last couple of them and he was so good. They're like, he needs to go up now. So he yeah. came up and he was on a roll at that point. So this year he starts out where he would have been last year when he was uh, when he was struggling at the alternate site, you know. Yeah. And now he's starting to look like he did last year. So I, he wasn't BS, and he was really and and in the minor leagues it's the same way. Almost every year he's been the same way in the minor leagues. So the hard thing is, you know, as a player, you want to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. <laughs> why, why do I always struggle? You know, for the first month, or why do I do it this way? But. Sometimes, man, there's just no answer. It's just who you are. You know, your body needs to get, your body takes longer than other guys to get going. Yeah. And you just have to you know, you battle through that period. But he did a good job of that, too. So it was the first Brave starter to go past the sixth inning. Not only that, it was just the seventh time in 18 games that a Brave starter lasted more than five innings, which is starting to look like last year, you know? Not quite that bad, but I mean, that's what was happening last year. So when when the yeah. when the bullpen's got to cover four innings more than half the nights, yeah, and you've got three less guys and now four less guys that you can count on in those tight games than you did a year ago when you when you could go eight deep in the bullpen, really. Well, and last year you could carry like twelve relievers. Yeah. It seemed like with however many with, roster with spots twenty eight man ro- uh, yeah. roster. It's twenty six this year, and they still got one more reliever than most teams, but but. If you got ten, you got like four or five that you really want in tight situations yeah. at all. Yeah. So, um, so it's meant obviously a heavier than expected load on the pin on a pin that's just not nearly as deep as last year. So, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, they can fix it. Some guys can get healthy. Nuke can come back, pick up where he left off. If if uh, Chris Martin picks up where he was. And then Alex can make some moves. You know, he can make a move or two like he did a couple years ago. He wanted to, last year, he wanted to avoid having to do that at the trade deadline. So that's why he brought in all those relievers. This year, he did not. He let some relievers go. And he might have to do the same thing he did last year and make, make some moves for the deadline. And he might have yeah, to I'm wondering how long Shane Green's going to sit on the couch. I know. You know, I mean, at, at some point, you're not, you got to realize you're not getting the deal you thought you were going to get and, and weigh how much it's costing you to sit on the couch, You know how much is setting you back. He, he's told teams that he's going to be ready. He's been throwing bullpens, and that he'll be able to jump back in. So we'll see. But uh, I can't imagine he's been facing any good hitters. But yeah, I, each day I think it's going to be an announcement from somebody, whether it's the Braves or another. Each day I expect it. I, I, and that's why I'm surprised it's taking this long. I thought it would happen in like the first week of the season, to be honest. Yeah. But 
Might be like Keiko, you know, when it happened in what, right around, when was that? Right after the, after the, right break? by the break, around the break. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough though. That's, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of setting yourself back and I know you got to fight and get the contract you think you're worth, but you got to start weighing how far you're setting yourself back in your next contract. If you don't play this year or, okay, or if you if, don't get out there and you struggle, if you just get a one year deal this year, which is surely got what he's going to get now. Yeah, and he could get guaranteed money, you'd think. But he was obviously asking for probably multi-years, more years and more money than anybody was willing to. I mean, there's been some teams that are pretty desperate for bullpens right now, and nobody signed him yet. So Yeah. Well, it's you know, that's it's all those peripherals, too. That yep, yep. You can have a good season as far as ERA and appearances and holds and all that stuff goes, and – Teams see these warning signs that mm-hmm. they just are waiting for you to fall apart, so they don't want to go multiple years. They'll go one year and see if it plays out. Yep. But if he's shooting for two or three still, you know, and they they don't like the peripherals, he might not. Right. He's going to have to settle for one year at this point. Yeah, because he wasn't doing. He wasn't throwing ninety eight, ninety nine, and exactly. he wasn't. He didn't have like a big nasty pitch. I mean, he was. He didn't have. You know, Mary he just Mom. competes. Yeah. You know, he just competes. Kind of like a poor man's Melanson. Yeah. Um. So yeah, his performance last night, Ian's was probably the best by a brave starter this year. I mean, that's it, yeah. it was, uh, and they needed it. It was a great way to go into the off uh, off day, and because they need to get Max Freed back, uh, and they need to get Soroka when they can. But Freed is they need Freed's back at what he was, you know, something close to what he was last year, obviously, because he's probably the biggest disappointment so far, or the biggest surprise. Biggest surprise for sure. Yeah, I just did not expect what he's what he's done so far. So, I think Charlie's been pretty much what you expected yeah. from him, especially yeah. at his age. He's you know, been he's good, pretty man. Damn well, he yeah. pitched great two nights ago. That yeah. was that was a yeah. great start. I mean, for him right start. now, it's exactly what yeah. you wanted. Yeah, that six inning start against the Yankees. Yep. Uh, and his stuff, man, for for like four innings was just he was yeah. in, he was dominating them for four innings. That's like 98% of the time. He's looked great. He's just had a few bad innings mixed into his early starts, but he didn't have that bad inning against the Yankees. And you know, yeah, how about, that, uh, he looks like what I expected him to look like. How about his stuff still at 37, man? Stupid. I mean, the sinker, the slider, at, at, and that slider, a lot of times you would think it's a slider, but it's a curve. But he was explaining to me how, because of his arm angle, he yeah. can't throw that. Over the top. 12 to yeah. 6 curveball because he comes, you know, three quarters and it, so it acts like a slider, but it's harder, obviously, than the curve. So, but like even the broadcasters are calling it slider sometimes, you know, but he's got that slider and the curve working. And then he's got the sinker working the other way. And then he goes up in his zone and he could still 97, man. Yeah. In on guys' some, hands and locate it. Some guys' bodies, man, they're just built for it. You know, they just hold up the, the, to the test of time and, and <laughs> they, they can keep going, but. Big rangey he's guy, big flex, like limber. You know, he's yeah. flexible. He's, he's got good range of motion, and I don't think he stresses his body too hard off the field. You no, know, not I, at I all. think a lot of times the guys that you see throwing ninety eight, but they're doing it by lifting heavy and beating up on their joints. I know. I think Charlie just stretches. You know, <laughs> he just stays flexible, and he's kind of throwing what he was born with. And he's, uh, yeah, he's living uh, obviously a great lifestyle off the field as far as staying healthy. He's got the kids and all that. He just goes home. Yeah. And, but he uh 
But you got to remember, he didn't have in get, when, when when he had about five or six years when a typical pitcher is throwing 180 to 220 innings back in that. Yeah, you know that he didn't throw many at all because he was hurt. He had the nagging injury, he had a hamstring yeah. injury in Philly that ripped off the bone. The other innings he was trying to figure. Uh, the other years he was trying to figure it out. So he never really had those big innings. So he has a relatively fresh arm. But and he's also just always had this stuff. Yeah, he had this stuff when he was struggling. It was it was just a nobody knew why yeah you know and, and then he finally learned how to pitch and i think he matured a little bit but it this is the stuff he's always had you know i mean you always got to wonder with guys getting older when it's gonna kind of fall off but and that's probably what teams are worried about with shane green but charlie's had this stuff since the first time i saw him throw he's throwing 96 snit said about ian last night said that's the best he's been all year spring training and everything just as far as the three pitch mix the command of fastball the total package was the best it's been this year and he complimented him again about like he can he's he's a rare young guy that when one of his pitches isn't working he's able to compensate and he's able to slow the game down never panics you know in these big situations facing the Yankees in his debut and Garrett Cole when he outpitched Garrett Cole facing the Yankees at Yankee Stadium a guy who grew up in upstate New York so that's reverential you know the Yankee Stadium and yeah. he goes in there and just did, like it's nothing and this isn't a Yank great Yankees team obviously but they still got some big bats as you noted. Yeah, and it, you know, I mean, even if they're throwing out a mediocre offense, when you know guys can poke a ball out yeah. to right field like Riley did yesterday, yeah, you know that that's extra pressure as a pitcher. So that's something you got to see him handle. But th- you can't throw a bad lineup in, in that park out. I mean, it's like Cincinnati. Yeah, so, so he, you, you he feel had, like they're always going to score runs. He had a four point seven zero ERA in his first three starts, but that how early we are. Obviously, he has that great start last night. Lowers it to three two seven. All of a sudden, it's like okay, that's fine. So he has one more, and it'll be below three. One yep. more good start. So, um, Freed and Smiley, both on the 10 day IL, uh, two of your five. I mean, the, again, second year in a row with the rash of pitching injuries, but Smiley will be back Saturday. Um, oh, against the Yankees now, by the way, Ian Anderson. So he's pitched, faced him twice. He's 2 and 0 with an 0.71 ERA. He's <laughs> given up one run and like uh, five hits. One run was on a solo homer. <laughs> Too bad they're not in his division because yeah, there's always a team that, for whatever reason, you see that uni, yeah, and you just feel comfortable and locked in. You know, you want that team to be in your division, so you face them a lot yeah. more. He left 14 tickets last night. It was he? almost it was almost all family, but they also had his high school coach, his high school pitching coach, and his grandma who saw him pitch for the first time since high school. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he said That's his cool. dad set her up with the. Uh, with MLB Network on the on her uh, iPad last year, gave her the login and all that. So she's not like a big sports fan; she's just an Ian fan. But she started watching the Braves, like even when he doesn't pitch now. So she watches all the games. But she he said she was at the game and she was just like she was cold, but she was thrilled watching them yeah. last night. That's pretty cool, Beverly. It is cool. Uh, so it's not that long a drive from where they are up, up upstate New York over there. He uh, let's see, he's got. And there's two games, 12 and two-thirds innings against the Yankees, 10 strikeouts, one run, five hits, six walks. And, oh, by the way, he turns 23 next month. We keep forgetting Ian Anderson is only 22. It's easy to forget that. All these guys. Yeah. Because of the maturity. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the way they handle stuff and even him being able to come straight out to the media and just say, you know, I always start slow. Yeah. With the confidence you have to have to be able to say that, you know, because if you keep struggling, you look like you're full of crap. And with the full beard this year, he really doesn't yeah. show his age. Looks at all. a little older. Yeah, <laughs> a little tougher. 
Yeah. It's funny. His, his buddy Herder pitched, uh, plays for the Hawks. So the two of them are like, you know, the Hawks are playing great right now. So high school good buddies. Crew. That's pretty good cool. Good crew right there. Yeah. That's pretty cool to have a, a good friend. And you, the two of you are like starring in the same town in the South and like the major sports. I mean, that's like, come on. <laughs> that that's kind of like Freed and Giolito and yeah, Flair. Those guys that that all went to the same high school. I mean, that doesn't happen much. Oh, Snit said about uh, Ian. He said he's got a way of slowing the game down. He's got some great traits for a young pitcher. Just how he keeps pitching. He said he always finds a way to keep the game manageable and give you a chance to win. And he's a young kid that's going to go through. Uh, he's talking about the ups and downs and having a bad. He's having like a bad outing. He said he's a young kid that's going to go through that. He's not going to be locked in all the time. Nobody is, but tonight he had it going on, everything. So, Sent loves this kid. Well, that's a big difference, though, you know, between him and, and other young starters you see is yep. Kyle when he's Wright. off, it's, you know, when when they're off, it's a four spot. When Kyle Wright has a bad inning, it just it's, falls apart. It you have blows to get him out. up on him and you take him out of the game. Ian, you know, it, it might be a sloppy inning and he gives up one, you know, because he keeps battling and, and staying composed. But th- that's another reason why you watch him pitch and it's hard to believe he's 23 and able to do that because that's that's the biggest challenge of the game, especially for starters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, we got uh, this weekend's – oh, Nuke, by the way, he had a he had a one six nine ERA, fourteen strikeouts, five walks in his first seven and two thirds innings. So that's his strikeouts are crazy. I mean, that's that's no small matter missing him. I know I know he wasn't you know closing or setting up, but he was getting there and he could. He was working his way into that. Yeah, yeah. So for his sake, I hope he gets through these damn protocols and gets back in there. I hope this isn't an extended thing, man. Braves have been pretty lucky with guys following that stuff rigorously and uh, uh, the regimen of of uh, the protocols and not losing guys, not nearly as many as most teams. Most teams are going through this where they have three or four guys test positive and the Braves haven't gone through that after I think the best thing that could have happened to them was having those guys do it at the very start of summer camp last year. And when Freddie got so sick, yeah. I think it sent a signal to the Braves. This stuff's serious, man. We got to take this stuff seriously. And and as a result, you know, a lot of this is the best team is the one that's healthy that can play. Yeah, I was surprised. You know, they've been they've been canceling a lot of games. Yeah, you know, instead of instead of making teams play without guys, they're just shutting the whole game down. Yeah, there's a limit they'll 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 do, but it's kind of a case by case. It's not a hard limit. It's not like you lose three guys and you're out. You know, they're just kind of looking at case by case. You know, they're doing that with the tracing. They can tell who's been close to them. They don't want to risk at all if there's a guy that might have been close enough to, you know, borderline. They don't want to risk him giving it to somebody on another team and it's spreading. You know, they'd rather yeah. just cancel the game rather than it spread through several teams. So, oh, one other stat. Bullpen got its seventh loss Tuesday. I know wins and losses aren't that important, obviously, but bullpen, this this one is it's worth it. They're out of the pen. Yeah, seventh loss is tied for most in the majors. That was when Matzik on Tuesday entered in the eighth inning of a 1-1 game, Charlie Morton's game, walked the leadoff guy, uh, was charged with two runs without recording an out. But both the runs scored after Matzik uh, gave up two singles and was replaced with bases loaded by Jones. Threw a bases loaded wild pitch. That's a tough situation to put that guy in. Then issued a bases loaded walk. That was a disaster. But so Braves relievers were 21 and nine last year. That's second best ERA in the league, 
second most innings in, in the majors because the starters weren't going deep. And they had a 1.28 whip. So this year, they're got the, they've already got seven losses. They had, were 21 and nine last year. Yeah, I mean, how much of that's what the offense was doing late, though, oh, last yeah. year? You oh, know, yeah. I mean, there was probably them off the hook. Yeah. Gabe probably got off the hook a lot last year. Yep. It was a combination of things, for sure. Being yeah. a better, deeper bullpen, but also, yeah, even when they've kept it close, they were getting wins. They haven't got those. The Braves have lost, are 0 and 3 yeah. in extra inning games this year, and they don't yep. have those comeback wins. Like they, they've got fewer comeback wins than their opponents have against them. So. Yeah. And a couple of those L's were. That extra inning rule too. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's really tough when you're not going well yeah. and you start yeah. an inning with a guy on second base, give up a bloop single and you get a loss. You know, I like uh, Matzik did that, gave up a single or a double, yeah, and then punched out the side. And ninety nine percent of the time, you know, that's a zero. You're putting up a zero that day, and now you got an outing you feel bad about because you got the loss, and at least they're not earned runs. Yeah. I don't think uh, Snit and those guys have figured out exactly what they want to do. It seems to me they should have a plan, whether they're home or road, what they want to do in these in these situations, depending on who's up. Have have like it on their because they have charts for everything. They have little cards, but it seems they seem a little indecisive on what they're going to do with this extra inning rule. You know, like I'd walk the first guy every time. But what you're going to do <laughs> you know? offensively and defensively? Because yeah, yeah why not walk the guy? I'd walk him you and know? try to set up a double play. You know. Right. If he wants to be it a hero and a guy punch like Adrianza, out. you want him up there because you need to get the guy to third and get him in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and but most teams They are haven't just, done that yet. Most like, teams are just guy over and, taking the three at-bats. Not a lot of teams are bunting. No. Hardly – and and I don't know why, because most teams, they can't bunt. Most guys can't bunt, especially against relievers who are throwing 98, you know? Or you feel like the guy on deck might punch out, you know? So yeah. you, you want to just take yeah. your chance and try to get that single. But yeah. So, I guess the other side of that too is you feel like the other team's going to have a good chance to score at least one because right. they're starting the inning in the same way. Right. So you almost want to try to put up a crooked number. So that's where they got to have a body of work now that's a little longer, a little deep, where they can run the analytics and tell you what's the best way to do this. You know? Yeah. What's the what are your odds best doing? It so. seems like the analytics say don't bunt, but you know, as it as a reliever, I like the bunt when it was runner on first. Because you get you get that first free out, and that's yeah. a big one. But once you had that runner on first one out, I'd just try to walk the guy and set up a double play. Then you're a pitch away from getting out of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's different when they're starting on second and you give them an out. But it, it goes back to what I'm saying. If you got a guy on deck that you feel like you know he can put the ball in play, you yeah. force him to play infield in. You know, I mean, I don't know. The, the analytics are smart, man. Yeah, <laughs> but. I don't think they consider the mental side. Here's just a, yeah, exactly. Here's a couple more stats uh, that kind of show the difference between last year and, and kind of having a lesser bullpen and an offense that's been carried by Acuna and not much else. Braves are zero and five when tied after seven innings this year. They were two and one in those games last year. They're zero and seven when trailing after six innings. They were five and twenty four last year. Uh, that doesn't sound too impressive, but that is when you can win five games like that when you're trailing after six. Yeah. You know, that's pretty that's pretty good. They're 0-7 so far this year. They're four and five when they score first this year after going twenty-four and six last year. <laughs> so they'd have to go twenty and one the rest of the way to match last year. Yeah, and I I, I feel like they would have had a winning record even when they didn't score first last year. Mm-hmm. It just seemed to not even matter. You know, that that yeah. offense was agreed. I think they'll get back to it. I don't know if they'll ever be like they were last year because it just seemed like it's magic, but you know, I, I 
It'll turn around to the point where they start winning some of these close games. They should be winning. How about this one? They're three and five in one run games this year and four and seven in one or two run games, right? A year ago, they were 11 and six in one run games, 14 and seven in one or two run games last year. They're four and seven in one or two run games this year, 14 and seven last year. And if they had the exact same numbers, but just different timing, you know, offensively. Mm hmm. And and they were putting up the the putting the innings together. They could easily be twelve and eight this year, you know, or ten and eight. You know, I mean, those games can swing pretty easy. They still have the sixth highest scoring average in the majors. It's just that yeah. they're not doing it. They're getting them in lumps, you know, and getting big games, but they're not doing it in big situations and late in games like they did last year. Yeah. Uh, but we, I mean, we talked about it last year all the time. It's like, how long can they keep this up? They did it the whole season. You just start thinking, you know. You, People say it all evens out, but it doesn't. Sometimes people have <laughs> Sometimes terrible it luck for a year, and some people have magic for a year, man. And, yeah. And your personnel can also help with that in that regard. But weekend series, they got a team coming in that they can beat up on, man. So this is a good time for the Braves to really make some hay in the division, in the division standings. They got Arizona coming in. They are facing, they got Huascar Noah facing Luke Weaver, right hander in Friday series opener. Saturday, you got the matchup of Drew Smiley against Madison Bumgarner, the lefty matchup of guys who've struggled, but it's Madison Bumgarner. I gotta I gotta admit, I thought the Braves should have signed him. They are so <laughs> fortunate that they did not, because he's been terrible he, since going to yeah. Arizona. He looked pretty good against the Nationals in his last start. Yeah, he got his ERA down from like twelve to eight point six eight with yeah, that. Yeah, he had a pretty good start against him. You know, you, you hope he doesn't get hot and he kind of continues doing what he was doing. Right. He's one and two with an eight six eight ERA. Then you got uh, Bryce Wilson starting against Zach Gallon in Sunday series finale. So that'll be a big start for series. Bryce, huh? It'll be a big start for Bryce. Yeah, great, great. So you need to at least win two out of those three, I think. You, realistic. And Enoa too. Enoa was. I mean, he had a bad. He got shelled by the Cubs, but great before that, him. it was yeah. like, man, he's feeling. He's the best in, start in the in the was, rotation before yeah, that. Yeah, his other two starts yeah. were terrific. It's a big bounce back start for him. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do this again uh, on Monday. And uh, that's it. Big series. Big series coming up. And man, for for all the doom and gloom, it's like we said. There's still game and a half. It's not out, that bad. Man. I know. Yeah. I know. I know, but people are like ready to, you know, all right, what is football start? Or, you know, it's just not their year. And that's <laughs> just the way it, it's the way it's unfolded. You know, I mean, yeah. if they just got their asses kicked in a few games and blew the other team out in another ones, but all of them have been high stress. Yeah, that's true. All of them. All right, we'll do this again Monday. Thanks a lot, everybody. 755 is real. We're out. Yeah.